and Otaku Mike here back again with Mike's Invincible Podcast. This is a spinoff from the Otakuology Podcast. Make sure to go check out all of our other podcasts that we do. The God I Read Them All Podcast, the Otakuology Podcast, and then whatever Jim Graves does. I don't remember what he does. He does so many other podcasts on this platform that I don't know what he does. But anyways, if you're new, thank you for listening. If you're old, Thank you for listening, and let's get into this. Uh, Mike's Invincible podcast is all about Invincible, and we covered issue 13 last time. It, we had the fallout from the Omni-Man versus Invincible fight, and now we are moving onward to issue 14. I have to say, I do like the cover for issue 14 more than issue 13, because issue 14, we get this cool dynamic shot of adam eve and invincible fighting the flax and uh aliens which that's actually where our issue starts is in a big giant battle with the flaxen empire so we start out in this big full page battle with the flaxen the new guardians of the globe and invincible and robot is going on about hey invincible you said that these guys were basically pushovers and you fought them in like a couple minutes and uh, they ran away. We've been fighting these guys for two hours. What is going on with this? And I like this page. This is a really cool dynamic page. We have the Shrinking Ray, who is basically like an Ant-Man character, pulling up on the lip of one of the Flaxons. We got Robot and Invincible in the thick of things, punching these Flaxons with Rex exploding, Ela- not Elastigirl. I know I was saying, I'm thinking of Elastigirl. I, just, I must have been watching the Invincibles, the Incredibles the other day, you know. But yeah, we get this really big, cool splash page with this really cool fight scene that opens up the entire uh, first part of this issue. We get this really interesting uh, dynamic between Robot and Invincible. Invincible saying. I don't know what's going on. These guys were always a pushover to begin with. And we see Adam Eve get shot out of the sky by a laser beam. She gets caught by your uh, amazing friendly neighborhood jerk, Rex Splode, who cheated on Adam Eve with with uh, Duplicate, which uh, there's still a little bit of tension there with uh, that whole scenario. And we see monster girl show up and monster girl points and she's like look over there there's something coming through the portal because just big huge portal coming through uh this this like this uh this in the distance and we see this big spider bot come up and invincible flies off and he's like i got this no worries guys little do we know invincible doesn't get this because he gets zapped out of the air just like adam eve did and we see the leader of the Flaxen Empire. I think he's the leader, or he's might be he might be like a general of some kind. And he's like, ha 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 ha. You are half of the scourge, and the scourge is Omni Man. And he was uh he basically took down the Flaxen Empire and destroyed them. Oh, he destroyed them so bad in one of the previous issues. He like oh nearly killed them, I believe. And they keep coming back to basically exact revenge on what omni-man did to them 
and the leader of the Flaxons, they, they he states that we have studied for centuries. We have studied your language. We have studied your technology. We even studied the particles in Omni Man's suit to uh, use with our technology and our armor and stuff like that. Uh, because if you don't know, the Flaxen on their world, like a year, what was it like a minute or something is like different time wise than in our world. So they rapidly age in our world and they don't rapidly age in their world. So coming over to our environment, they rapidly age and they have somehow figured out how to not age rapidly over time but then out of nowhere rexplode throws one of his little bb's his little fire bb's because you don't remember rexplode is kind of like gambit um except not as cool as gambit from the x-men and he blow ends up accidentally blowing up the wristband and we see they get this cool four panel progression of the the evil uh flaxon he uh starts to disintegrate and age rapidly and he's like oh hell this is gonna suck and we this is how the flaxen actually ended up uh surviving um our atmosphere at this time because they made these special bracelets They're like okay go for the bracelets so they start breaking off all these bracelets and they basically win and the flaxon end up having to unfortunately retreat at this time so after the battle uh invincible's like hey why are we letting these guys uh get away and robot's like well we have no reason to to kill them and i don't think they're gonna be coming back uh so robot and invincible have a little bit of a disagreeance in this this aspect of you know wanting because he's like we're not killers you know we're not gonna kill him and uh, invincible's like oh well, i i thought i was the the newbie but i guess i'm not the new person anymore because you know you're not you're not thinking straight robot so we get this interesting conversation between them and we find out that robot has to go talk to the the governments and he dismisses all the guardians of the globe and we find out that monster girl has a date tonight, which I find that very interesting because Monster Girl is a, a a girl who rapidly ages whenever she uses her powers. So she's like what, like in her thirties, but she is like the body of like a fourteen year old or fifteen year old. I can't remember exactly. But we transition from that. It goes to nighttime, and Mark is going back to his house, and we find we find a little visitor at mark's house we find out that the immortal is at mark's house i feel like the immortal is kind of being a little creepy right here at this moment because the immortal does not trust mark whatsoever doesn't trust him at all he's basically like the apple doesn't fall far from the tree when it comes from uh omni-man versus invincible you know invincible he thinks invincible is gonna be exactly like the immortal and try to take over the world. And Mark basically states, I don't know what I I am not like that. I'm not gonna take over the world. If you don't remember, Immortal, I basically 
save the world. I barely stood toe-to-toe with this guy at some points in the fight. I actually almost beat him, you know, because that's how it is, you know. But the Immortal is not going to have this. He's not, you know, he's not okay with this, you know. He thinks something is going to be up. And uh, he ends up flying off and leaving. And so Invincible goes in. He thinks he's going to be okay. And um, getting ready to go in for the night. And, you know, relax, uh, hang out, you know, go to sleep probably. And little do we know is Cecil Stegman shows up out of nowhere. Because he needs to talk to Invincible. So Mark is very surprised that Cecil is in his room which is weird you know how did he just show up in his room we don't get no explanation about how cecil ended up in his room but cecil's secretive he's secretive he's like he's like a one man men in black type of thing and he's like uh yeah uh don't worry about uh cecil says don't worry about uh the immortal he's just a big enormous jerk and and mark's like uh how how, how did you get into my room? And he's like, that's not important. Cecil says, that's not important. That's not important. But we have, we have a situation here. As Mark is trying to take off his, his mask. And he's like, uh, so uh, what, uh, what exactly is going on? And he's like, well, you know how your father's earpiece worked both ways. And it recorded uh, his conversation he had with you. Well, you know he's off the planet, right? And we're, he's not. He's not around. He's like, yeah, I know this. We talked about this the other day, Cecil. What are you trying to imply? And Cecil drops a big, big old bombshell on Mark. Uh, yeah. And so we come to find out that somebody got a hold of that recording. That recording that was so terrible and you know, made Mark's mother go into a deep, deep depression because she thought she was loved, but she wasn't loved, but she was really loved. I don't know. Maybe he's pretty, she was pretty much just a good old Omni-Man's plaything, And, you know, he never loved uh, his wife, which is sad to say. And we get this scene where Cecil lays it out all on the table. And basically the recording gets leaked to the media and he's like, don't worry. Your identity is still safe. Your mom's identity is still safe. Omni-Man never referenced you or your mother, but we are going to find out who got a hold of this recording, how they got a hold of this recording. And we're going to basically probably murder them. I don't know. He's probably going to take them and put them somewhere and uh, maybe throw them uh, in a different dimension. I don't know. It's a little interesting and a little vague about what Cecil is exactly going to do with this person who may or may not have released a recording, which I'm curious to see who that exactly is. Uh, But we get this funny interaction and he's like, uh, okay. He puts his, uh, uh, his, uh, finger to his ear. He's okay. Teleport one teleport. And he's like, what you, we got a teleporter. We, we got, we we were able to do that with our technology. It's just teleport you from place to place. 
He's like, yeah, we just got one. We just got a teleporter. <laughs> and this is my favorite part, probably in, probably in the whole manga. Or not the whole, I don't know why it's on manga. Comic book, my bad, comic book. Uh, where he's like, yeah, it costs us $5 million every time. It costs the taxpayers $5 million every time we have to use the teleporter. So, yeah, that's... Uh, that's a lot of money just to be teleporting around. I wonder if he uses it pretty loosely. Who knows? But we trans so we transition over from that to Mark going downstairs looking for his mom, and we get a very unsuspected visitor. So as I said before, uh, Mark is going downstairs and he's going to answer the door. He finds out that Cecil, not Cecil. They look a lot alike, to be honest. Art, who makes the costumes for every superhero in the city, basically. Uh, he ends up showing up and he's like, hey, hey, Cecil. I not Damn it. God damn it. Not Cecil. Art shows up, like I said. And God damn it. I got. Oh, fuck. All right, let's do this again. So Mark answers the door. And he's like, oh, man, I saw shrinking violets, not shrinking violets, shrinking rays, shrinking violets, somebody else. That's a DC character right there. Uh, shrinking Ray, it's a new costume. He's like, oh, man, I loved it. I loved your job. Nice work. You know, he's like, thanks. Art says, thanks. You know, his first costume was a Fantastic Four inspired costume, just with different colors. And, uh, well, I kind of owed him one because it was kind of a shitty costume. So, kind of, maybe, possibly, shade thrown at the Fantastic Four for having crappy costumes. Just saying. You know, you know, but uh, Art's like, Mark, uh, how's your mother doing? And he looks and sees his mom, obviously in a terrible, terrible state. Uh, she's watching the TV and watching this recording. And she's reliving this particular scenario that life experience that she just went through <clears throat> and you see her crying and she doesn't even know mark was home and we get this nice sort of nice scene where art and debbie are bonding and he brought some alcohol with him and you know he's just here to help a friend out which is really nice to see then we go we transition from that to reginald vel johnson high school mark is back we find out that there's a fight going on we don't really know who is fighting at this point but we find out oh it's an interesting uh person from very early on in the invincible comic book so we end up seeing derek and derek if you don't remember derek was somebody who had a bomb implanted in this almost like a, uh, I don't know how to explain it, like this big metal piece over his torso and abdomen. And he, they can't take it off because there's like a, a bomb inside of him, but they like deactivated it. He's fighting because these jocks are calling him a, a freak. Even though he was early on in the story, he was actually the one who bullied Mark in the very beginning of the story. So his 
story kind of comes full circle and he becomes the outcast in this particular issue. We meet PC Principal. I call him PC Principal because he looks very much like PC Principal from South Park. And he's like, come on, stop this. Break this up. Break this up. Then uh, old uh, Reginald Vell Johnson Principal shows up. I forget what his name is, but he looks like Carl Winslow from Family Matters. He's like, break it up. Break it up. This is not what this is not what we do at the school. You know, drop it. Drop it. Right now. Put it out. Put it out. You know. And we uh, see that William finds out that Mark is back, but that is um, William's so happy that Mark is back at this time. And we see the principal tells Mark, "Hey, come see me later on after after all this is done. You know, come see me when you have time." And we get this interaction between William, Eve, and then somebody I don't remember if they were actually in. The original first couple issues, but there's this random guy in here, and I don't know who the fuck this is because I don't fucking say his name in the issue. I just call him random black kid. I don't know his name. I feel bad about saying that, but he's a African American kid. And we see them come together and they're like, oh, they're so happy Mark is back. And William's like, yeah, let's go and and celebrate, have some guy time. And he's like, Eve, you you can come with us if you want. And she's like, no, I'm good. I have plans. I, I don't want to spoil your uh, your guy time or your boys club time, as she calls it. And this is where um, William kind of drops the, uh, the big old cat out of the bag. And he tells uh, good old Mark that him and Eve have been dating, which... I was really surprised about that, that William and Eve actually start to date because everybody knows that William, that Mark and Eve have a crush on each other. And I think they're going to get together eventually. But Mark is mad at this moment. And then out of nowhere, Mark's girlfriend, who I thought he broke up with Amber, but Amber shows up. And she's like, oh, I'm so happy to see you. You know, you know, she's like the doting, the doting girlfriend that she is, which honestly, I got to be honest. I thought Amber wasn't a thing in this comic anymore because Amber hasn't shown up in like five fucking issues. But apparently she's back. Um, Yeah. And she's like, oh, let's hang out. Let's go, you know, do stuff tonight. You know, can I come over? And he's like, "Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't know how my mom's going to be if we remember. Debbie is in no shape to see company unless you have alcohol. That that's to say the least, you know. So we transition from that to the principal's office, and the principal is telling Mark that you know I'm so sad, so so sorry and sad for your loss about what happened with your dad. But I heard that you got accepted into a really nice school and you got a full ride scholarship. You know, good for you. And if there's anything we can do to help you, you know, let us help you because essentially Mark is behind in all of his school because of his superhero escapades and he needs to basically do a crash course in superheroing then we transition from that over to the Burger Mart which the Burger Mart hasn't shown up in quite some time either we get this really interesting odd interaction between William Mark Mark just seems like he's like 
not down to really do anything. He's just there to be there, it seems like. And Williams is apologizing for what happened before. And Mark's like, look, man, just drop it. Uh, it's all water under the bridge. Let's just go and you know have fun and whatever. And Mark and William are talking, and they get interrupted by Dan. If you don't remember who Dan is, Dan was Mark's manager at the Burger Mart in issue one, I believe. And he basically just uh, quit Burger Mart because he got mad. I think it was issue one or issue two. I can't remember exactly. I think it was issue two. He just left old Dan high and dry. And Dan is like, oh, I never thought I would fucking see your face again, Mark. You just leave me here high and dry like like you, you do, you know, these stupid kids do. And he starts going off on Mark and William. As we know before, when they were on that college trip, William has a temper on him. And William gets in his face and he's like, look here, you little fucking jack face. What's a jack face? I want to know what a jack face is. And he's like, you know, he's not in the mood to talk to you right now, William says. And he's just going on and on about this guy. And Mark is just sitting there and he's like, oh, fuck this. Like, fuck my life right now. That's what it looks like Mark's thinking about. So we transition from that awful, awful scenario to the Guardians of the Globe. So now we are in the old Guardians of the Globe headquarters, which we see Robot and I want to say Roger. I can't remember what his name is. He's like the the liaison for Cecil. And which I should know his name because I just read the book or the issue prior to this and we meet him in it. Now I feel stupid. <laughs> just saying. I think his name's Roger. Now I got to go look. Hold on. You know what? I don't have time to look. I got a podcast. Uh, so we transition from them walking down the hallway and we see them talking. And he, and the government agent, as we'll call him, is like, you know, y'all did a good job in Saudi Arabia. Uh, your time has improved a good bit, but it's not as good as the Guardians of the Globe. But y'all don't have to be as good as the Guardians of the Globe, he says. But y'all are getting better, which I kind of feel like that contradicts about what he said before in the previous issue. But maybe they're still on pro- probationary period, but I don't know. And we see him talking to Robot, and he's like, look, we need to expand the team. So we get a new team member, and this t- new team member is very familiar he is named Bulletproof, and Bulletproof was a part of the superhero uh, tryouts that Robot had very, very early on within uh, the series. I think it was like issue 11 or 12, maybe? I can't remember. So we meet Bulletproof, and Bulletproof basically is super fast and super strong very much like um very much like invincible is if i remember correctly i think he can only do it for like a certain amount of time or he's not as strong 
as Invincible. And we see him, uh, he's wearing a suit. If you don't remember, in issue, in the very first couple issues, Invincible was going to wear this suit that Bulletproof was going to wear. But he ends up wearing the Invincible suit, which is really funny that they end up reusing this suit for this particular character. Uh, Interesting that they reuse that. I wonder if they'll ever bring that up, that, oh, Invincible was going to wear that suit at some time. And we see um, Roger, I'm going to say his name, I think his name's Roger, uh, talking about this guy, hyping him up. And we see uh, old uh, Monster Girl right here is, uh, she's uh, quite smitten with old Bulletproof. And Robot asks uh, Roger if he, if and why uh, you want to change the dynamics of the team. And he's like, no, th- this will actually help. Help because he's fast, he's strong, he's almost as strong as uh, Omni-Man, and he can fly. None of y'all's, uh, care- none of y'all's uh, uh, members can actually fly. I think Black Samson can fly, but he can only fly with his robot suit. And you're like, oh, that's fine. But anyone else wants to know, how exactly... Are they going to be using the Guardians of the Globe's headquarters? And he's like, well, uh, for that, you can thank me uh, uh, for that uh, consolation. And we see Cecil, and Cecil is with the Immortal. And we find out that Cecil has come in because he is not happy with what the Guardians of the Globe have done. And they're getting a consultant, and the consultant is the Immortal. He is not above, he is not below a robot as leader of this team. He is just there to consult and help the team out. I don't think Robot's okay with this uh, situation that's going on here. He seems a little perturbed about it. But they're going to leave Leave uh, Cecil and Roger are going to leave. And Roger wants a little uh, teleportation. Uh, thing because he wants to go teleport with Cecil. He's like, I can't take you with me. But he's like, Sir, you've teleported like six times this week. You know how much money that's cost? And he's like, uh, No, don't or don't worry about it, Roger. Uh, Cecil's Cecil's got this. Okay, you know how it is. And we see from transition from that to the end of the issue, we have Mark coming home, finding his mother. Lying on the floor in the kitchen, crying her eyes out, and she's like, I was making dinner for three, and then I realized your father was not coming home. And she asks Mark, why did you fight him, Mark? Why did you drive him away? So Mark's mom is kind of blaming Mark for the entire situation at hand. This was a really interesting issue. Uh, it was cool that we got more fighting in this issue. That's one thing I really like is when they bring in the action. Because the last issue didn't have really any action whatsoever. So this one was a quicker read than the last issue. I'm curious to see how exactly the Immortal will play into this new dynamic with the Guardians of the Globe. Will the Guardians of the Globe thrive? Or will they fall apart? It'll be interesting to see what happens there. And what's going to happen with Mark's mother, Debbie? 
What's going to happen there? I want to know exactly. I'm curious if she's going to fall into more of a deep depression in that scenario or in her life to see. Because she looks like she's very uncontrollably uh, sad and depressed. And she doesn't really, truly know what to do with herself in this aspect. And it seems like she's starting to hit the bottle a lot more. So I think she's, I have the feeling that she's going to drive more and into becoming like an alcoholic and she's going to fall apart and she's not going to be able to come back from this. That's my opinion. Personally, that's my opinion because somebody told me they wanted to hear my opinions on uh, speculations of what happens next in this, these, uh, each issue, you know, but I feel like that's going to happen. And I think we're going to get something that happens with Mark. I think the Mark, Mark and the immortal are probably going to come to blows in in that aspect. But in this next one, it looks like Mark's going to fuck a fish person. So we'll have to see where exactly that goes. And then there, you know, but, yeah, who knows exactly what that for, you know. Uh, it looks like he's going to fuck the Aquaman fish lady. Um, but yeah, this issue was this issue was fun. I liked the banter back and forth between Invincible and the Guardian of the Globe and Robot and all that. Uh, it'll be interesting to see where exactly they go from here. Uh, I just want to say thank you for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. I kind of fucked up a little bit in the later half. Not going to lie, I fucked up and I lost my momentum, but still, I hope you guys enjoyed and make sure to go check out other podcasts out there. Uh, Thanks for listening and I hope you guys enjoyed the episode.